You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Piston Podcast, recorded today, or not today if you're listening in the future, on the 18th of March. And it's a very unusual time in the world, in Britain, everywhere. Um, Obviously with coronavirus stuff going around still, um, even uh, since the last episode of the Piston Podcast, which I believe was recorded some point in February. um, We're in lockdown, it's very difficult um, for podcasters like me, or anybody to do their jobs properly because we can't leave our houses. Um, But I managed to get around that issue by building my own home studio, sort of, if you can call it that. So I'm sitting now in my bedroom, it's nice and comfortable, um, away from the Redshift studio, Um, and I've got my laptop in front of me, iPad to the left, piece of paper in front of me, and a microphone. It's as simple as that, and uh, I think it sounds pretty good, but if it doesn't, then I do apologise. If you're driving in your car and all of a sudden you just hear a massive bang from my brother getting angry on his Xbox um, across the uh, the corridor in the house. So, um, yeah, podcast is going to carry on as normal, even though the world itself is not normal at the moment. It's a very strange time. Um, but it, it, the Piston Podcast will carry on. This is episode three, and I'm very happy to say, from now, it's going to be a lot more frequent. Because I've been do- I did episode one in December, and then I did episode two in February. And then I actually first recorded episode three some point in March. Um, that just reminds me, did I just say I recorded it on the 18th of March? It isn't, it isn't the 18th of March, as I'm speaking now. It's actually the 18th of April. The year's going too quickly. My brain's gone crazy. But um, this is actually the second time I've recorded this episode, because the first time I recorded it, that half an hour's worth of a podcast, and I went to save it, and the file got corrupted, and that was that. There was no way of getting it back. So this is the second time recording it, around a month on. Um, and then, because I've got nothing else to do, stuck at home, but I've still got everything I need to do the podcast, the Piston Podcast will be released every single Sunday. So episode 4, episode 5, etc, etc. And then um, season 1, I think, itself is going to be quite a strange one, because I think the entire series now is going to be recorded from home. And I think interviews are going to be quite hard to do. I have got some planned. Don't know if they're going to go ahead. Um, but they might have to be recorded on Zoom or FaceTime or something like that. It's going to be very strange. But I've got my fingers crossed, I'm not sure, that season two is going to be a bit more normal and a bit more straightforward. And I'll be able to go back into the Redshift studio, which means I'll be able to do a lot more interviews. So yeah, I do apologise um, for not being around the past few weeks. Um, But I am happy to say a lot of things have happened, which means that this episode um, is going to be very full, um, because we have a new car, um, just so many things have happened, so let's just get on with the podcast. I'm going to start off going back to around midway 2019, when I was presenting my radio show Turbo Youth on Redshift Radio, it's now Redshift Online, a lot of changes have happened, and I reviewed the Fiat Panda 100 horsepower, partly because it's my favourite car, I think, ever to be made, I think it's it's genius and it's amazing, um, but also because, well, I wanted to, um, and I wanted to get other people into it. Well, um, when I did that review, I'd actually never been in one. I've never actually been in a Fiat Panda. So, thinking a few months ago now, I think it was oh, it must have either end of February or start of March, I was thinking, right, I've got to go in one for a review 
on the Piston Podcast for an article for whatever. So I did a post on the Fiat Panda 100 HP UK Facebook group on Facebook, bit of a clue there, um, asking if anybody would be willing to show me around their 100 horsepower and potentially take me out for a drive so I get to experience what the Panda is all about. This is the sporty variant of the Pandas that are available. And um, this guy called Acer uh, messaged me. Very nice guy. He has uh, three Pandas. He's got 200 HPs and a normal Panda. Uh, And he basically said, you can borrow mine for a few days if you want. And, of course, naturally, I responded with yes. So we went over one weekend. We collected it. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to drive it because I'm 14. I can't drive. So my parents drove it, but I still got a good feel for how the car felt. Um, So we had that for Friday to Monday evening, it was. And I was very impressed it's a fantastic car, it didn't let me down. Going round, I think the acceleration is lovely because there's no turbo to give turbo lag. Handles like a dream because obviously it's been lowered, it's got stiffer springs, um, the wheels are wider apart, um, and it's generally a fantastic car. Six-speed gearbox, don't know why, but it's it adds fun. You spend most of your time racing through the gears, which I really like. Um, it's, it's a nice touch. But the downside from the six-speed gearbox is that the turning circle is dire. It's really, really bad. Uh, It's embarrassing, quite embarrassing. That's how I described it on my article on Drive Tribe. Have a read. Living with a Fiat Panda horsepower. Daniel Stribe. There we go. Plug, plug, plug. Um, But yeah, anyway, we fell in love with them so much, my parents just adored them, that we we decided to buy our own. Yes, we did. We bought a Fiat Panda 100 horsepower. And I'm recording now in my bedroom, and I can see out my window... That Paolo the Panda, as we've called it, um, is there, ready for its next drive, which is not very often nowadays because of the virus, uh, the dreaded virus. But it's fantastic. It's it's really nice. It's, it's, I've spent a lot of my days just cleaning it and doing whatever I can to be around it. Because um, obviously we can't really go in it. And I've never really enjoyed sh- trips to the shop so much. I think people take them for granted. But yeah. Pandas, they're fantastic. Uh, thank you to Acer for uh, lending us his panda, Beep. Um, you can read my article over on Drive Tribe at Daniel's Tribe. Uh, it's a good article, all about living with the Panda 100 horsepower. I go in into detail of what it's like, and if you're in the market for a panda, which you should be because they're flipping amazing, then, um, apologies for that, my speaker's turned up, um, then read the article and no doubt you'll want one after that, and now I can say, as a panda owner, yes, that they're they're amazing, and um, I'm going to be rambling on about pandas, no doubt, in the future of this podcast. Now, obviously, getting the panda means that our trusty Toyota, Timmy the Toyota Yaris, has to go, and the time with the Toyota, three years now, has been very nice. It's a very jolly car, even though it's only a one-litre petrol uh, VVTi engine, and it's it's quite slow, but it's been a nice car to live with. It's been, it's had no problems whatsoever, apart from a wheel bearing, and um, uh, an exhaust and a tire which popped because my dad smashed it into a curb uh, a few years back. But yeah, it's been fantastic, uh, and it's very sad that it has to go. But then again, the Panda, it's it's just great. Pandas and Toyotas aside, I'd just like to do a bit of a promotion, if I may, for my YouTube channel, All Things Auto, with my friend Matthew, who hopefully will be on the podcast soon, even if it's over the telephone or something like that. But anyway, All Things Auto, search up on YouTube. We've done a load of things on there. I think there's about 10 videos, from bicycles to cars 
to whatever. There's videos all over the place there. And I suppose lockdown is giving us a big chance, obviously, with school out of the way, to do some videos. So I suppose that's been a, a pro, if there is any, for coronavirus. But yeah, um, a lot of videos are on there. My recent one that I did on my own, because we can't film together, um, was living with a Triumph bicycle from the 1950s, I think it was called. And that's done quite well. Um, and it's about 18 minutes, so if you're interested in your vintage bicycles, or bicycles whatsoever, then go watch the channel, and uh, go watch all the other videos, because they're very good, and um, subscribe, because it's greatly appreciated. Moving on now, uh, this is very sad news. Um, a lot of car events, obviously, have been cancelled or postponed. Auto Italia, which is an event... Um, that takes place at Brooklands for all Italian cars that was made to t meant to take place in May um, has been postponed, um, which is very sad because I was looking forward to it because we can go along in the Panda because there's normally a big Panda convoy that goes along, um, but it's been postponed and I imagine it'll be cancelled a bit later in the year. So that is a shame, but oh well, it has to happen. Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, I originally had tickets for the Friday and the Saturday and as usual. Very excited for that. That's also been postponed, and I imagine it will take place sometime in the autumn, um, but yeah, I'm not sure. It depends how um, the virus will go and how long it'll last. So Goodwood is sort of out, out of the way for a bit, but if you do want to listen um, to my Goodwood interview last year with one of the PR managers there, um, then you can have a look. It'll be online somewhere. Um, I think it'll be on... If you look in on the redshiftonline.org website and you go to the archives then you should find it under Turbo Youth and there should be um, the pre-recorded sh uh, show um, how t that takes place at Goodwood and you can have a listen to that. Moving on from that as well, um, I've got some exciting news. Uh, people that know me will know that I like building my models and I'm a bit of an old man when it comes to like Airfix and Tamiya and stuff like that. And me and my dad today as I'm recording this podcast, have ordered a Tamiya RC VW campervan. And it's going to take a while to build. It's 1 to 10 scale, um, and it's remote-controlled. And Tamiya remote-controlled cars are the best, undoubtedly. So very excited um, for that. Um, I'll have to do some updates um, most weeks about how the RC thing's coming along. And if you want to see pictures and whatever, then follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at DanielCars05, um, if I can... Sneak in another cheeky plug there because I've put some progress on there. Anyway, I think it's time to probably get on with a car review, don't you? Now, I'm very happy to announce that this week's review on the Piston Podcast isn't actually powered by pistons. It's powered by an electric motor or multiple of them. Millions, I suppose. Um, and this week I'm reviewing the amazing Porsche Taycan. It's sort of like Porsche's um, rival for Tesla in a way. And it's it's an amazing car. It's it's ludicrous. It's amazing, and yeah. Whereas electric cars may not have the noise, and they may not have the experience of a petrol or diesel car. Not that you get an experience from a diesel car, but hey ho, um, they're amazing. They're still amazing, and I really like them. I really like them, and I appreciate them, and I have a lot of time for them. Um, I've never actually been in an electric car. I do want to change that, and I will report back to the podcast when I have been in one. Um, and who knows, I might drive one this year. This year might be the year where I drive one on private land, obviously. But yeah, uh, Porsche Taycan. Um, you can buy one, starting price, uh, for £83,367, which is a lot of money, but if, it's a Porsche in a way, isn't it? It's a Porsche, so it's going to be a lot of money. 
and it's electric, so it's going to be a lot of money still. So if you remember that it's a Porsche, and it's electric, and it's German, and it's not really going to let you down, £83,000, it's sort of acceptable. And if you're willing to pay that, then I'm, I'm not going to moan. So yeah, there we go. Engine, I've written here. It's not an engine at all, it's a motor. It comes as standard pretty sure, with a 79.2 kilowatt liquid-cooled, funnily enough, liquid in a battery, I don't know, lithium-ion battery, and the motors are placed at the front and back, um, a lot of electric cars have them in the chassis, but this is at the front and back, and I'm pretty sure there'll be some in the chassis as well, because that's just standard with electric cars, it's just making use of the space, and obviously it helps with um, keeping it lower to earth, what do you call it, low centre of gravity, there we go. Brake horsepower, it's a lot. 523 brake horsepower, or if you're modern, then 390 kilowatts. And it's it's very powerful, especially off the line. Electric cars are known for their amazing acceleration. They're just, they're not in this world. Obviously, there's no gearbox, so I can just skip that section straight away. Torque, depending on what motor and what type of Taycan you get, um, it's in between 640 and 1,050 newton meters of torque, which is a lot. Range. Now, this is uh, electric car um, stats right here. Range, something people worry about a lot. And Porsche say, don't know if it's going to be right, but Porsche are genuinely quite trusty, even though they're owned by VW, which is uh, quite funny. But it, it should be quite accurate. I'm not going to bring Porsche down um, because I haven't been in one and I can't judge one. But it's going to be between, apparently, 412 and 450 kilometres on one charge, um, which is not bad. And I just want to put the Taycan to the side a minute, because this is a conversation I was having with Matthew, my friend, who also is obsessed with cars, and with my mum, who likes cars as well, um, because people are like, yeah, electric cars are cool, but when you come to do a road trip, you're going to want a petrol or diesel car, and obviously, it's not going to have the range to get you there. Now, I disagree, because Tesla have just brought out, I think it's the Model 3 Long Range, and that comes with a 404 mile range, which is alright, it's like petrol car standards. And, yes, whereas it's the same as a petrol car, a petrol car can be filled up in two or three minutes. An electric car, a fast charging point, could be about 50 minutes, or if not, could be hours. So it's not clever, people would say. But that's not the case, because with an electric car, you wouldn't just run it down to minimum and then spend ages trying to charge it. You wouldn't do that. That's not what you do. That's the dumb approach to it. What you would do is, I know my family especially, if you're going for a long journey, can't do 404 miles in one go. You're constantly stopping for your toilet breaks or whatever. And during them toilet breaks, and maybe food stop, about 20 minutes or so, you plug your you plug your phone in, you plug your car in. And the electric, um, the electricity used will go back into the car for when you leave. So, yes, I think electric cars can be used on a long journey. You just have to be quite clever about it. Moving on from that, back to the Taycan. 0-60, this is incredible, 2.4 seconds. Top speed, which is not really an electric car's strong point, top speed. I say that, but actually, some electric cars have been pretty good at top speed. Like the, um, I'm not going to, I can't think of any examples, but some of them are really good. Top speed, 155 miles per hour, which is hardly slow, is it really? Um, and it weighs 2,215 kilograms, which is, it's a fair bit, but... It's an electric car, so they're going to be heavy. And I think that's one of the cons with lithium-ion batteries, along with the charging time, is the weight. And it needs to be thought of. NCAT rating of 5 star. It's very safe. Um, it comes with 4 seats and 5 doors. 
And uh, yeah, overall, I think it's a it's a very generous car. It's a very acceptable car, and it's very good. The rivals are the Tesla Model S, the Tesla Model 3, Teslas, etc., etc., and some other sporty slash sedan uh, sedan style cars. Pros and cons. Now, pros. Obviously, it's electric, which means zero CO2 emissions, and it's very fast. That's what I've written down. Fast! Exclamation mark. Cons. It's obviously the weight and the price and the lack of charging points in the UK, which isn't a con really for Tesla. It's not Tesla, it's Porsche. It's a con for the world, really. It's not really ready for it, but that will come, obviously. So there we go. There's my Piston Podcast Pick of the Week review of the Porsche Taycan. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. And the reason it's not a 5, which I tend to give to every car, and it's a 4.5, which is still quite generous, um, I think there's other cars on offer that me personally, I think I would buy. I think it's, I think it's like it's like a electric Panamera, and I think there's other cars around that I would probably go for over that. I think I probably, I don't know. Would you go for a Porsche or Tesla? Tweet me and let me know. That's the easiest way because I'm interested. I don't know what I would go for. For a brand, I'd go for Porsche, but for the cars, I think I would probably go for a Tesla. Now James May has a Tesla Model S, and he says they're really good. Anyway, it's time to move on to the top 10 list of electric cars, and this goes after the review, and say if I review a Ford Raptor, I would then do a top 10 list of pickup trucks, and in this case, I'm going to do a top 10 list of electric cars. So kicking off at number 10, by the way, this is from the Auto Car website from now a few months ago, so it may have changed, um, but yeah, thanks to Auto Car for the epic stats. At number 10 is the Volkswagen E-Up, very nice and normal small electric car. One thing I like about that, and the e-Golf especially, is that they're just normal cars that are electric. Electric cars look very different, and I don't think it should be the case. And number nine is the Hyundai Ionic Electric. And number eight is the MG ZS EV. There's a lot of letters there. And number seven, again, more letters and numbers, is the BMW i3, which is very good. Number six is the Renault Zoe. And number five is the Nissan Leaf. And number four is the Kia Soul EV. And ready? Three, two, one. Number three is the Hyundai Kona Electric, 64-watt version. Uh, Hyundai Kona is amazing. Um, but yeah. And number two is the Volkswagen ID3, which was announced a few months ago now, and I think they'll be on the road soon, which is exciting news. And at number one, drumroll please, is the Kia e-Nero. Again, very good. Strong rival with the Hyundai Kona Electric at number three. But the Kia e-Nero, it's amazing. It's it's a very, very good electric car uh, with the range and everything like that. So, yeah, it's very good. And there's my top ten list for electric cars. A very nice blue Volvo XC90 just drove by my bedroom window. It's very nice. That's the benefit of hosting it from home is I've got a nice big window and I can do some car spotting. Like, I'm looking now at a very nice Dacia Duster, bog standard, or poverty spec, as some people call it, which is quite funny. Anyway, time now for My Way or Highway. And I need a little sort of jingle thing there that goes, my way, highway. But I don't have one. So, yeah, it's time now for My Way or Highway. And this week, is it goes to the A82 Road, very imaginative name, I know, located in Glencoe, which is in Scotland. And it's known for its gorgeous countryside views, as with the whole of Scotland. Uh, it's got very tall grass, it's got big rocks, and it's got some historical bridges. So if you're a keen historian, then it's got some bridges there. So, yeah, be excited. It's 268.8 miles long, very precise, and it links Glasgow to Inverness. And 
I say just go because Scotland is a very beautiful place. Wherever you go, as long as it's not like Carlisle Centre, because it's a bit bit uh, dirty. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it, Scotland, wherever you go, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Hadrian's Wall, Edinburgh, Edinburgh's lovely. Um, it's it's all fantastic, and the NC five hundred. I'd love to do that. I haven't actually done it yet, but I hope to do it within the next few years um, because it's a stunning place and it's a stunning road, uh, I should say. But yeah, I've got pictures here on the iPad of the A82 road in uh, Glencoe and Inverness, wherever. And the pictures are amazing. Um, and you can see the snowy mountains, obviously, in the winter. In the summer, you get to see the blue sky. And the road is really nice, really open. It's not like traffic or anything. It's just the odd driver that's really enjoying life. And it's the same with the whole of Scotland, really. It's very nice. And look at pictures, A82 road. As you're listening to this podcast, if you're driving, don't, obviously, because that's just not on. But, um, yeah, it's very stunning. I say, just go, because it's lovely. Right, time now for some car news. And this is the uh, segment that is uh, relevant while I'm speaking now. But when this podcast is out, which will be tomorrow, or in the past when you're listening, oh, it's confusing, um, it's probably going to be a bit irrelevant, and you've probably heard about it. But who cares, because it starts conversation. Now, the Grand Tour popular car series on Amazon Prime, uh, available to stream, has been delayed, um, and that's the episode 2 of season 4, which is the special season, full of all specials, Um, and this was filmed in, uh, can't remember, cannot remember, Um, and it's been delayed anyway, because the producer Andy Willman has caught coronavirus, um, a very common virus now, I'm sure you've all heard about it, if you haven't then you're living in a cave. And uh, Jeremy Clarkson said in his live pub quiz uh, a few days ago, as you're listening to this, or a few weeks ago, or years, I don't know, it's confusing, it's 94% edited. And um, I'd laugh if you're listening to this podcast when this episode is out. Uh, That would be really irrelevant, but yeah. Welcome to the past uh, in 2020, 18th of April, not March, as I said earlier on. But yeah, it's been delayed, sad news, but it has to happen, and Andy Willman apparently is getting better, which is good news. And I wish him and the rest of the Amazon team, or whatever, best of luck. Um, A New Jersey-based company are making an electric SUV. And apparently it's going to be called the Triton Model H. And it will have a 1,500 horsepower, 8 seats, and a 700-mile range. There we go, electric car haters about the range. 700-mile range, can't complain about that. Elon Musk is potentially facing legal action from shareholders over a tweet. Um, I don't know what's all that about, what that's all about, but we're just going to skip it because it's Elon Musk and he's weird. Uh, the Maserati MC20 will have a twin-turbo V6 with around 600 horsepower. It's fantastic, but I think it's pretty pointless now for supercar companies and whatever popular companies like Maserati to be making brand new electric and... not electric, petrol and diesel cars, and even hybrid, because uh, it's just... it's not going to sell very well today, as it would have done, say, 10 years ago, with the rise in electric cars. The Mercedes EQE, their electric car, will arrive in 2022, uh, and that's the little sister of the EQS, um, and it looks strange. It looks very strange, as with all Mercedes nowadays, and BMWs, and Audis. They all look pretty unusual. Don't know why they're, they're taking that approach, the Germans, of making their cars look so unique, but they have done, um, and some of them look okay. But a lot of them look quite unusual, and I'm not really sure. It's the return of the King, the 2020 Porsche 911 GT3, 
uh, price and release date has been announced. And when I first saw the new Porsche 911, 992, I think it is, I was a bit disappointed. I thought it looked a bit terrible and a bit modern. But then I've seen one, I think, um, and I saw it on the motorway in Holland, I think. Um, and I'm very impressed. And seeing them on social media everywhere, they've really grown me. And as a 911 fan, I'm now obsessed with it. And this GT3 looks amazing. Um, it looks outstanding. Really, really nice. Have a look. Uh, 2020 Porsche 911 GT3. And you can have a look at the specs and the prices over there as well. Uh, Lotus is releasing eight new models and going premium by 2023. Uh, whatever premium means. But yeah, it's a massive pr- push for the small brand British Lotus. Uh, talking of Lotus, I've recently become obsessed with the Esprit. Uh, past few months. I don't know why, but it's a gorgeous car. Um, but yeah, it's very nice. I've been driving it on Forza Horizon 4 because during lockdown and stuff like that, I don't really game, but I decided to buy a game. So I bought Forza Horizon 4 um, and it's quite fun. I haven't played it in a few days um, because I've been doing other stuff like this podcast, but it's very nice. So if you if you like cars and you haven't really gamed before, then Forza Horizon 4 is a nice place to start. It's quite fun. And you spent hours on it without even realising. So it's, it's fantastic at pushing time to the side and dumping it in the bin. Um, uh, what's going on here? This one-off Morgan is in a class of its own. So Morgan celebrates their relationship with Dutch retailer... I'm half Dutch. Um, Low Man, um, I think it's pronounced, exclusive with a one-off LE60 edition model um, of the cult classic... Um, and there's a picture here, and it looks quite nice. It looks very jolly. It's very nice. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, yes. Hot Hatch Heaven. The Toyota GR Corolla is coming to us. And oh, I hate seeing Toyota news because I won't have a Toyota soon. It's very sad. But yeah, Toyota GR Corolla. I've got a picture here. It looks amazing. It looks really very nice. Uh, what else has been going on? By the way, I'm getting this car news off Drive, 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 Drive.com. Um, it's very nice. Go check it out. It's a great app for all motoring people that are obsessed with cars, maybe a bit too much. Uh, and while we're on the topic of Drive Tribe, then check out Daniel's Tribe, which is my tribe, believe it or not, um, where I write all my articles, and I've done quite a lot now, and there's a lot on there where you can read. From Fiat Pandas to McLaren 600 LTs, there's stuff for everybody. Um, today, apparently, is the Ford Mustang's 56th birthday, so... Happy birthday to the Ford Mustang. Um, when you're listening to this podcast, if you were listen- you're listening to it on the release date, it'll be a, a day ago, um, or it could be completely irrelevant. But yeah, this year anyway, 2020, is the Ford Mustang's 56th birthday. Uh, and the Mustang is a great car, my favourite muscle car. I've driven one, actually, GT. Very nice. Um, and yeah, congratulations to Ford. The VW Tiguan is uh, Volkswagen's best-selling car in 2019, according to recent studies. And, if I'm honest, I don't know why. Because I don't understand. It's a Tiguan. And, yeah, they're quite stylish, but there's nothing special about it. Um, Like, if I had a choice between a Tiguan and a Golf, I'd probably go for a Golf. Just not the Mark 8, which is the new one. Because I'm really quite disappointed with how it looks. Let's put Kanye to the side a minute, because I want to finish the podcast by talking a bit about the VW Golf GTI, the Mark 8. Because the Mark 7 was good, but my only problem with um, with the Mark 7 was I don't think it was exciting enough for the car it is, or it was. I don't think it looked right. And it's the same story with the Mark 8. 
Um, it's it's fantastic. It handles great. I'm sure, and I'm sure it's very fast. But it looks terrible. And I'm sorry to the Germans, but they really have done not a good job at styling it. And it's not because it's ugly. It's just because it looks really boring. And if you compare that to say the French Renault Megane RS or the Japanese Honda Civic Type R, then I know which one I'd rather have. I would have them over the Golf every single day, because I don't know why they've made it look so boring. But they have, and I think it's a massive letdown because it's going to be the last Golf, undoubtedly, um, until the ID range comes in from Volkswagen. And they've, I think, they've let themselves down, and it's the end of a great car um, with the Mark One and the Mark Two. It's legendary, but they've let it down massively with this car. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll get a chance to go in one later on in the year, and I might do an article on it or whatever. I don't know. I might talk about the podcast more. Might review it. Who knows? We're gonna have to wait and see to the future. Anyway, this brings uh, this podcast to the close. Episode three. Um, it's been very quick to record this one. Very straightforward, probably because I'm in the comfort of my own home, as I'm sure many of you are. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, episode four will be out again next week, and the podcast, hopefully, fingers crossed. If like something doesn't go wrong, the laptop explodes or something, which hopefully it doesn't. Um, the Piston Podcast will be released weekly every Sunday, and it's now available. I can now announce on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on TuneIn, and obviously on the RedshiftOnline.org website, and on my own website actually, DanielActorHouse.wixsite.com/cars. And who knows, it may be on Spotify or whatever. Still waiting for them to respond. Um, they're just being a bit of a pain to deal with. Um, but yeah, it's available on a lot of popular places. So have a look. Have a look at the recent episodes. Let me know. Give me a tweet at DanielCarso5. Follow me on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like my Facebook page as well, Daniel Like to House Cars. That's enough plugging from me and car news in general. It's coming up to half an hour now. Um, I hope you um, stay safe. Don't get the virus. Follow government advice. Stay indoors. Uh, and you, if you're going out for your daily exercise, do it on your own or people from your household. And just, just be sensible and stay safe. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Acterhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast.